Welcome to the Unofficial Controller Podcast, your weekly gaming podcast. Episode 123, Grand Theft Auto 3, Games of a Generation. With me, George, and this week joined by Tom. Hydra to my dodo. How's it going? <laughs> Caught me a little unawares there. I'm a flightless uh, bird, if ever. You are. Yeah, just took the plunge there and nearly went for a nosedive. Well, you survived it. You I great. did. You're immaculate. Thank you. Immaculate landing, 10 out of 10. Perfect. Let's give them a rundown of what we've got coming up. So we've got some news. Tom, give them a sniff of what's coming up in the news. We've got a bit of uh, Steam Deck news. Wow. For those interested okay. in that. And then the exciting new feature, the documentary-style Games of a Generation, focusing this week on Grand Theft Auto 3. Yeah. But going forward, an ongoing series focusing on what we think are Games of a Generation. Yeah. Those, some- those games that we remember that really defined what it was about that generation of console um, and what they did that changed. Something, the, uh, to, something we like to think will rival our history of series. Yeah. Fingers crossed. We hope you find it interesting. That's coming up a little bit later. Yes. And then obviously once that's complete, the real deal, the man himself, Stingray, don't know what he's been doing this week, collecting up copies of the PS2 version of Grand Theft Auto 3 that he's hoping to hock on as PS5 and Xbox One <laughs> versions. Of course he has. Uh, so he's the man that arrives down the drive through the medium that we explore the new releases for this week. We've gone through and we've cherry-picked only the very bestest games for you. Listeners. Not bad selection this week either. No, a nice-looking selection. And then the show finishes when I ask you what you're hoping to play for this game in the week, but the show cannot and will not begin. Just don't even think about it. Odders, it's early on in the show. Got to steal a laundry van sort of thing, you know, keeping the GTA <laughs> reference, all right? That's where we're at right now. By the end of it, we'll see. Uh, as I asked Tom, what have you been playing? This week just gone, I've been playing uh, Death Stranding, Director's Cut. Tell, so me, I, tell me more about one of my favourite games. Yeah. Uh, I downloaded the PS4 disc onto the PS5 and upgraded for £5, which I thought was great value to uh, to have the PS5 upgrade. And also it's the Director's Cut we get a lot of extra features. Yeah, it's the extra features it probably interest me the most yeah so far i've not really seen anything that's much different to the original but i'm not that far into it yet that opening cinematic is phenomenal still the music great music the footage it's a genuine yeah to be made it is yeah uh the so i put it in widescreen mode as well just to give it that extra cinematic feel I've not. I've never been offended by those bars. No, I think they they really suit a game like that I, as well. They're I not gonna. More, they're not gonna fit everything. I'm but. more frustrated these days with the vertical four. Oh yeah, when you're playing a retro bars. game. Yeah. yeah. Or, well, the retro all happens on a on old CRT now, which totally clears that up. But oh yeah, that's good. If you're watching a series from, I don't know, even like pre ninety nine. Yeah, a lot of the uh, old only fools are, are like that when I watch them. A lot of the BBC comedies from. Like the eighties and nineties, they're all black borders. Anyway, we get signed. Yes. Back. Tell me more about uh, Death Stranding. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. Yeah, you can see a, a slight difference, um, especially with the texture was really good before, especially um, on the rough terrain. Um, I loved how the texture was given a three D mesh. Normally, if you see yeah. pebbles down by a river. They're just like flat wallpaper rolled it's out on the floor. Flat wallpaper rolled out yeah. on the floor, yeah. Whereas Death Stranding kind of added a. At times it was annoying because you tripped over rocks, but to be fair, probably quite realistic. It yeah, was, it's, a, it's a game, um, even though obviously the plot and the story is not 
particularly realistic it's the world it's in the physics especially the way he moves around the Mm. um the debris on the floor or climbs up or down a mountain um even the way he uses the ladders is very realistic as as an experience i would probably most liken it to metal gear solid 4 i haven't played that one i think that's the one it's ps3 exclusive wasn't it yeah Yeah. so because it's really good i'd recommend you check out Death Stranding and, and give it another playthrough. It's a little slow still, especially at yeah, the start. Oh, I don't know how I can manage all the side missions this time. I think I'll just try and focus as much as I can because I want to try out some of the new content. Which uh, I don't think unlocks until much later in the game. I think yeah, you get... In before yeah, you get... A lot of those upgradable things like the catapult they've put in where you can launch the uh, deliveries a lot further to save you a lot of um, needless backtracking or mm. awkward areas you've got to get across. There's the racetrack thing with the car they've built, um, stealth training sections, yeah, which looks very... Uh, well, so. They've put a, a shooting range within, you know, your little yeah, room. That. That's, That's a good cool. idea because I think the first time when you get a weapon in that game, um, it's very much like clunky because you don't know how to operate it and because it, you, you're thrust into that while under attack by the, the BTs. It's kind of like you think it probably controls worse than it does, but it's only because you haven't had actually a yeah, decent and I think you don't get tutorial the, to do that. Like me, I played the game very... I'm not a stealthy player, but I avoided the, P- the BTs like big time. So my combat experience <clears throat> yeah. was low. Once I got once I got like tooled up, I would just walk through there and just let them have it. But before that, you're very much like it's good because it works well with the story. Like you really could be pretty terrified of these things and just get through that area. Yeah, as and they as you are can. actually quite a menacing. Yeah, yeah. Game um, enemy, I think it's a it's a really well sort of presented game and the the fear is really strong when you first see those handprints in the mud and mm. um you're taking shelter in that cave with um it's nice to fear an in-game video enemy because it gives an added element of tension to it. yeah um also this week uh briefly re-downloaded sakura shadows Eye twice mm. looks nice on the ps5 um with the hdr on because yeah. i played it on the ps4 before i had a 4k tv um so it looks uh, even better now. Yeah. Still plays excellent. Still had the reflexes there a little bit for the blocking. But the reason uh, I dabbled into that, because uh, it's not something I played. Unfortunately, I haven't been able to get onto the um, the beta sort of trial runs of Elden Ring, which are currently doing the rounds. So yeah. you can check the gameplay videos of those on YouTube and other um, streaming sites. Looks great. Um Dark Souls sort of formula within a bit more of an open world, which looks really nice. The I have seen some of the footage and did think it looks <clears throat> very striking. What I really like is the fact that you it looks like a proper grown-ups like medieval fantasy game where a bit like Skyrim, you'd explore the open world and you'd find these dungeons and they're all very distinctive and you go down into the dungeon and it's, yeah, traditional like adult fantasy game. Um, it had to me in the small bit of footage I saw the way the camera's positioned and the way the horse was moving it gave me a really strong sort of shadow of the Colossus vibe the way the camera's yeah. like backing up and the scale of the whole thing seemed to be I think they're, they're on it like 
people say from software games graphically aren't absolutely amazing but if you look at the animations as particularly the bosses they are phenomenal like the animations on the character the horse and then uh, a lot of these bigger boss enemies they look really good in Elden Ring I think um, it'd be nice to have a native PS5 and Xbox Series X version which they've sort of promised uh, it's yeah. looking real good I uh, think and I'm excited to play that to me Elden Ring probably just needs to be a next it probably should have been. It's, I think it's been in development so long because it got announced ages ago because it was so long before anyone actually saw any footage of it. No one knew what it'd be Maybe like. Maybe they're waiting for George to put some scripts Oh, together. of course, no doubt. He's, uh, he's a bit steady, isn't he, the old boy? He, he gets paid by the hour and he makes sure he gets his full <laughs> Yeah, he certainly does. Uh, anyway, but ask what you've been playing this week. Christmas come early. I don't want to rub it in your face. But, yes, uh, you have done, though. Oh, well, of course. Many phone calls. Guardians of the Galaxy is your dream Christmas game. I don't want to spend... Last week I spoke to Mike about it. Let's let's leave all the Avengers stuff behind. Let me just tell you, you like a Rip Roaring Adventure game. There's a slight Mass Effect crew management element to it. There's branching pathways. And the game is just everything you could want to do. Like, I'm two-thirds of the way through. I've not dedicated loads of time, so I've had other stuff to do. But... Uh, yeah, I think you'll love it. I think packed around Christmas, it's light, but it's also deep enough. The the combat's good. Just generally, I've just been really enjoying it. There's times where I've been a bit sort of numbed by it, but for the most part, that happens to me in most games. You know, some nights I get on and kind of just walk around the ship aimlessly and stare into space. <laughs> uh, and like, I don't really want to push forward with the mission and then get stuck in, you know, if you get to that point later in the day. Or oh, yeah, sure. Night, you're like, I yeah. don't want to push on, but yeah, I yeah. just don't play and I want to walk around this environment. Do you, ever, do you ever do that thing as well where you play in a game you really enjoy and you'll turn it on, play it for like, 15 minutes and be like, I don't want to play anymore. I want to just put it down a minute because you feel like you're almost quite, getting through it too quick. Yeah, I quite like... You just uh, want to take it all day, in. I would quite like to, um, and I'm talking, you know, 360 launch sort of era, sort of within that window when Oblivion came out, I would like yeah. often put Oblivion on, all hyped to play it all day. I'd be thinking about it. I'd yeah. get home and feel like so overwhelmed and excited <laughs> by it. I would just sit and watch the, the, the pull-in trailer, you know. Oh, the opening, yeah, yeah where the, it pans around the Citadel building. Yeah, yeah. And just sit there sort of taking in that same looped video again and again. Or escape the dungeon for the 50th time just to come out into the open world. I noticed Elden Ring did that. Um, you build your character and you choose what class you want to do. I was watching the full sort of um, opening. I try to avoid a lot of gameplay nowadays just because I don't want to spoil too much, but I thought I'll watch that because I might choose a different character. Yeah. And uh, he emerges out of this dungeon. It's like, oh, like the, the classic show in the open world, which is great. I love that. that. that I think it, Breath of the I, Wild did it really well. The first time I ever experienced it was in Oblivion, in Oblivion really, and I was like, wow, you know. That opening was so strong to me. I I wanted to do it again and again. Yeah, emerging into that world, like anywhere I see, I can go. I wasn't blind to it because we've talked about how I played Morrowind before, and Oblivion didn't quite scratch that itch. But for the first wave of like all the graphics and the flexibility of the mm. game and Prior Mabel's horse and all that, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> forgot about that. Forgot about that little ditty. 
Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's an enjoyable game. Well constructed <laughs> opening. They spent hours preparing that opening vista, you know, over the, over yeah. the water. That, yeah, um, yeah. Watch a documentary where they said that, ah. that positioning of those and the pull of the trees just over the hill, just to give you the idea. Yeah, the majors to do. Other than that, little bit of Stardew Valley, still an amazing game. Um, spoke to a few people on Insta, still playing it. I know RGT still playing it. Danny plays, and um. Ridger also reached out to me. He's been on before. He, he reached out especially to tell me how he picked up Stardew Valley recently and he's loving it. He's gone deep on it. He was giving me all the formulas and crafting recipes. And I was like, I don't even think the Vita's got this expansion, dude. You need to chill out. Yeah. But uh, he's, he's gone all in. He's got mine carts and he's got all sorts of systems and you know what these games are like when you lose it. To the, oh, yeah. You know, to the Excel spreadsheet. You've gone. <laughs> and he's gone. So that was great. Um and that's it, really. It's been relatively quiet. Been enjoying Guardians of the Galaxy. Been enjoying driving around to the soundtrack. Now, the soundtrack I sent to you is all original works. Yeah. Um, well, there's li- there's licensed songs, isn't there, at certain points in the game? Yeah, the licensed uh, songs are good, don't get yeah, me wrong. a good these, selection. These original 80s homage tracks yeah. are really good. And Would I, you say it's mainly metal? Just like 80s sort of white snake type yeah. stuff that just really fits the bill. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think you'll like it. Well, I know you will. I'm looking forward to it. Well, shall we? I don't uh, know what I'm going to play at Christmas. Probably a PS3. Yeah. Title, isn't it? Well, be? you could delve into. Um, have you played the Ghost of Tsushima DLC? No, I've got that to do. That is really good. That is well worth playing because it fleshes out Jin's like younger. You know, how we saw a lot about his father. We didn't see a lot about his father, but it alluded to the fact that it's all of that. It's like what happens. It's really interesting. Well, I'm going to go show you my pile of shame after the show, and then maybe you can tell me uh, I don't need any more. Is that the one holding up the roof? That's the one holding up the third, yeah, third quadrangle. Wow. Yeah. On that architectural news. Backlog of shame indeed. <laughs> we scoured the road to Arcus region of the internet to bring you the latest stories. First up, keep it PC, Tom. For decades now, PlayStation has been the home to Japanese games, particularly the countless smaller projects that come out of the country. However, in recent years, software sales have been dwindling domestically. and With PlayStation 5 continuing to be supply-constrained, one unnamed executive insinuated that Sony's stranglehold is steadily transitioning to PC. The Japanese publishing source told Bloomberg that players are used to buy uh, PlayStation version of its games and are gradually shifting to the PC version. It's unclear whether he's referring to a local or global trend, but more and more PlayStation-associated franchises like Yakuza are making the shift to multi-format environments. And they're proven incredibly popular on PC, so it's not a huge surprise. There's been much hand-wringing with regards to Sony's treatment of its native Japan among PlayStation fans of late, which reached fever pitch when the firm shuttered its legendary Japan studio. Whether the manufacturer wants to fight for a market it once dominated, however, is up for debate. After all, the platform holder is even porting its own first-party games to PC, these days. What do you make of that little story, Tom? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Ever thought modern video games should be more interesting? At the Gaming Blender, we take randomised genres, mechanics, and make a new game every episode. I've added permadeath. We have a survival game of a hardcore simulation, which could be House Flipper, and with the permadeath of XCOM. Then that all has to be an action adventure. Yes. Ooh, dear. Yes. And sometimes it doesn't quite work. And you you have a construction off over the course of the of the narrative. A construction off. The <laughs> way the way we can do this 
is that we ditch your idea entirely. Entirely. Check out the Gaming Blender on all your favourite podcast platforms now. I think it's great, like, PC fans will get to play a lot of these PS titles. I find it a really strange thing to say that someone... Players are used to buy PlayStation versions of games. Yeah. So someone there must identify as a PlayStation, what, during the PlayStation 4 or during the PlayStation 3 era, transition to buying a PC. And then a lot waited, of people do. waited for four years to play those games they missed on a console they forgot about because they moved to PC. Or is this one of those times where a survey, did you used to own a PlayStation? Oh, yes. Tick. Do you know yeah, own a PC? Probably more like that. Yeah. Are you interested in the new Sony titles coming out on PC? Yeah. Yeah. If you, if you clutch yourself as like a real hardcore PlayStation or Xbox fan, you're just going to, you are going to own that console really, or a way of like, I love the legend of Zelda sole reason why I'm keeping the Switch to play the sequel to Breath of the Wild hopefully one day but if if you told me I could probably play it on the PS5 I'd maybe get rid of it so mm. I think sometimes you can still be a fan of, of something I mean PC players do have the best of both in to some extent, especially oh, now you. with um, now that was the other angle I was going to. There seems to be more and more Sony first party in Japan come into that. Home consoles aren't doing particularly well. I yeah. think Series S has got a surprising foothold, but I think that's because it's affordable and it's. Japanese I think it, I think they've like they've button. done uh, the, the Series S is really well targeted at um, not to say adults don't buy it. One one of the guys I know at work he he's got one. Um, they're, they're affordable and you can do everything you want to do on it. But I think they're very well targeted, a slightly younger audience, mm. um, teenage boys and girls, because they can just. Well, they're, actually, they, they, they're not fussed about discs. Well, I know and, this sounds a bit like a weird metric, but teenage boys and girls ready to form up in line and create a console loyalty. It's yeah. true. That's yeah, the age yeah. when that's going to happen, when yeah. you have to defend it in the playground rigorously. Yeah. <laughs> Even if your console's the best console, we're still going to have to put on some gloves and duke it up in the playground. That's where console wars start. For kids, that, that's part of growing up. Yeah. But at that point, you kind of draw a bit of a battle line. So if you're on board with an Xbox Series S in Games Pass, you're an Xbox gamer for life. Yeah. Is that when you get locked in? I mean, there's, there's weirdos like me who transition across every brand. Oh, I think people, especially when you get to a certain age and you think, I've got loads of disposable income, I'll just own everything that's out there. True. Uh, that transition. I'm trying picking up a Switch. I don't think I want an OLED one. And I, I don't well, you know. might as well get that if you're going to get one because the price well, difference isn't much. Oh, just for a handheld. Yeah. Yeah, but then if you get the OLED, the whole purpose of that is the handheld screen because on the dock it looks no different. In the handhelds, you're getting a slightly bigger screen with a way better. I've actually seen. How much is an OLED? I think a scale here of my interest. I think funds, it's, I I'm think not it, that interested. So a light. Don't quote me. Apex. I think it's two eight nine for an OLED. Let me tell you now. Two hundred for a handheld light, and two sixty for the standard. I've seen lights for far less than that. One hundred and fifty bucks. Okay. Which is where it kind of, 
That's what I'm saying. There was a scale of interest in this piece of Japanese tat. And then there was financial burden of how much dedication I'm willing to put into this. And the Switch Lite was my maximum penetration into Switch ownership. I think if you're going to go in and, and you like a handheld gaming device, so I'd go for the OLED. With the removable joy I've watched, someone did a I very, very nice video. I the street with a TV with two cons nailed <laughs> on the side of it. Like, no, I don't think It's not a massive difference. There's a YouTube video I'll send you. It's an old school style comparison. No, like, hey, look at this, guys. It's just what was Switch. Just, you know, where people over I like hear present that something. Guy. Give me your. Give no, your I'll message. bring him out a Christmas special. Um, wow. It's just a video of a Switch and a standard Switch OLED. I'm still picking up on the mic, so I just fiddled with the cables. I'm sorry. I don't know why, but you did. And it I is did. Still Getting animated with the hands. You were. <laughs> Politician hands. <laughs> I'm, I'm running lingering for, on young men's yeah. backsides when they. Shoot. I'm uh, I'm running for parish council in Farmington. You've got so all the qualifications. I have. I have. <laughs> former thespian, stage actor, can spin a good yarn. Spent a lot. Of anyway, time in the local so church. the two the two consoles running side by side, and it's just a nice normal video of watching, and it is a good difference. The OLED screen looks real good. So You're talking um, to a man that owns an OLED Vita and a standard screen Vita, and literally, I actually prefer the normal. Oh, okay. I thought you'd be all over that slight graphical upgrade, and you'd be getting me around telling me how amazing. No. Look at this. Get the lights off. Look how quality this is. We get distracted. We do. PC Japan. Don't know why, but probably the right thing to buy. I think PC is becoming more popular worldwide. Well, within countries that you can get hold of one. Um, yeah. They're more accessible now than they used to be. A little bit more, you're going to like this. User-friendly. Okay, steaming, what we Steaming pile. We didn't realise it, but we've managed to get two steaming headlines in the news, which is brilliant. Oh, we're doing three bits of news. Steam, we do two. We do three. It's bonus news, if you want to call it a special treat. Everyone at home can rub their hands in glue. Like, oh, yeah, I love free stuff. Yeah. This next bit of news is also free news. <laughs> excellent excellent yeah keep up the value proposition steaming pile valve has announced a delay for steam deck the portable gaming pc will no longer begin shipping at the end of the year as initially planned and will now start making its way to customers in february 2022 those that successfully managed to surmount some early technical hitches and join the front of the queue when steam deck reservations opened back in july were originally due to receive their hardware in december this year unfortunately those christmases will now be just a little less merry thanks to disruptions in production caused by a lack of available parts while we did our best to account for the global supply chain issues by which we mean factored in extra time to account for these risks and factored and worked with multiple component vendors, Valve explained in an update to its frequently asked questions on the Steam Deck reservation page, our manufacturing plans were still impacted. Material shortage and delays mean the components weren't making it to our manufacturing facilities on time, it continued. Missing parts along with logistical challenge means delayed Steam Decks, so we needed to push out shipping by two months to February. Valve notes that despite the delay, all reservation holders will keep their place in line, meaning those at the front of the queue should expect uh, likely movement Steam Decks in February, with shipping dates for everyone else shifting back accordingly. Valve says it's aiming to start sending order invitations out by February 2022 and will make every effort to convert all reservations to orders, but is not able to guarantee availability. So if you've ordered one, mm -hmm. you're going to get one. Yeah. But they can't guarantee when. I think this is common of a lot of things right now. The PS5 at the time of going to press has also seen a delay 
it's only by it it sounds a lot but in the grand scheme it's not they were going to ship something like 17 million now they're going to only do 16 there is a massive chip shortage oh, uh listen so, it's affecting everything yeah feel bad for the people who probably were hoping to get it in the hands for christmas which is obviously when it was they still will from my potentially, understanding um the early adopters Sony are going to fly some in oh sorry no i was on about steam deck oh um yeah, because that was due December. Yeah, and so. I'm starting to see... You're starting to see PlayStation 5s staying on store shelves. Really? You're starting to see Xbox um, Series X starting to stay on shelves. It was when I went in, all I saw was Series S. But yeah. It's now definitely PSI's hanging around for a day or two. Yeah. And and the same with the Series X. That's good to see. So if people are still having issues out there, we have asked for this. Message in on the Discord and tell us what you're struggling with. Yeah, I think there's... As we say, a lot of hype behind the you can't get hold of this type thing. You often wonder whether it's put out there by um, the the gaming companies themselves or the distributors who, or the, the people who sell them just to build like... Listen, not being able to get hold of a Wii at launch didn't do that any harm at all because they no. were trading for PS3 money. I got one on launch there, didn't I? I brought it around to yours. You did, yeah. Um, really hard to get hold of console. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I always think if it's usually that second wave that's really hard to get hold of because anyone who really wants one will try multiple places. And as I've said before, everyone I've spoke to who wanted a PS5 at launch, they got one. We digress, um, Steam. Yeah. You were going to get one of those. I wouldn't mind one, yeah. I think they're a bit, they're like a, a step up from the, the Switch in terms of capabilities. Um, Really high quality screen. The fact that if you've got a Steam account and all your games are already on there, you're going to be able to play them on there. They are doing a dock for it, but you can just use, they're saying, just a a standard cable to then connect it to your TV or um, PC screen. I think it could do well. It's nice to see someone else stand up and have a go at that market. I, I think with it being... A handheld gaming PC. Yeah, it's a it's, bit of a niche market, isn't it's it? It's also a little bit sort of like, well, does that mean that you need to be good at settings and you can mm, break it yeah, yeah. the wrong screen resolution? Then you've got to boot it in safe mode. What, you know, yeah. Do I want that? I hope it's like, no. fairly accessible and fingers crossed it will be. But well, I mean, what I want them to do is wall off a lot of the more bizarre PC options. But that might upset people that have come from the PC want to adjust. The It'd be good when you open it if, like, you could choose like advanced options and then basics. So mm. your basics, it just runs like a switch. Really, you click on your game, you play your game, and it keeps everything quite simple. It, or, it auto um, adjusts the settings to the best that you could probably get on that particular game. Yeah. And then your advanced ones are a bit like if people want to get real nerdy, I'm like, oh, I'll just alter that a little bit and do this. And yeah, I want to bring down nothing wrong with that because I mean, I get it. Like, now yeah, higher resolution on the face. I don't, there's not, I quite like that. I think it, it, I love people who are real passionate and geeky about stuff, and uh, it, certainly you could say that about the the PC, um, the PC market, the, probably the largest PC gaming community in in, in podcasts we've got. <laughs> They've come for the Steam. Have we ever done a PC feature? We need to, really, don't we? Say sorry now. What, why? What? What, what have we done? Loads of games that have been on PC. Oh yeah, games. Yeah, but 
in specific. We need to get a PC expert on, really, don't we? Because we, we are console boys, so we don't know that much about PC. Who would bring in? Uh, last bit of news. Steaming piles everywhere. This time it's steaming up. The Steam World games have taken place on a 2D plane, but the next entry in the series, the developer is literally adding a new dimension. Steam World Headhunter has just been announced by publisher Thunderful, and you can watch the trailer on YouTube. There's a little, a little information about the game so far, but we do know a couple of things. Firstly, it will be the series' first three-dimensional title after a handful of side-scrolling escapades. We also know this game will be a co-op action adventure with a head-popping twist, whatever that might mean. Finally, this game follows on from the events of SteamWorld Dig 2. It certainly looks and sounds interesting from what we know, but obviously we'll need a little more to go on before we can get a real feel for what the game is. We're certainly intrigued, though, and SteamWorld games are always a delight, so we're down for another one. Currently, no actual platforms confirmed for its release. Yeah, we saw, we watched the CGI trailer, didn't we? And obviously it doesn't really allude to what it's going to be like. What I would say is... I like ever, the idea. Ever heard of a series of 2D games that then transitioned into a third version, which was a or a fourth, fourth version, technically, that was a 3D game where you were a bounty hunter set in the previous 2D world? Oddworld. One of your favourite games, Stranger's yeah. Wrath. Yeah, it did have that vibe in the trailer a little bit, didn't it? It did. Um, so, yeah, I think that's quite exciting for SteamWorld fans. It was announced um, was last... That, was it was an Xbox original exclusive, or was it? On the yeah, Xbox? Stranger's Wrath. Yeah. I think so, yeah, original Xbox exclusive. I think you can get it on the beta now. Yeah, it's on loads of things. It's on Switch. Yeah, it got remastered. Yeah. Quite good. Yeah, good good game I remember that was. You nice design. Me the crossbow where it was actually a little furry thing. Yeah, there's like different you not thing, to yeah. Fire and things. Yeah. Clever. There's some nice humour in that game, yeah, definitely. So you're going to check that out? I like the original Steam Worlds in that 2D plane. I've done Steam World Dig, is it? The one where you're obviously digging down into the, the yeah. mines and it's yeah. got the sort of Western setting. Correct. Yeah, pretty cool. I've not played the sequel, maybe I should pick it up. I think, didn't they alter the, the, um, what sort of genre game it is in one of them? Maybe, yeah. I'm sure it changed to, was it turn-based combat? No, thanks. that's just strange. Anyway, Tom, that's the news all wrapped up and done. Uh, we're going to give, Tom's actually got some, we give you bonus news in steaming up. He's got some bonus bonus news. It's show news. Tom, it's show news, yeah. So what, what? we've got a little bit of a roadmap running up to Christmas just to let you know what we've got coming up. Get your up. calendars out, get your pens out, get this written down. We're trying to be more organised, which hopefully we are. And we just want to run through what we've got in the features coming up all the way up to Christmas. So this week we've got the GTA feature, Games of Generation, mm. GTA 3. Uh, November 18th. We've got Xbox the 20 year celebration. So Xbox fans, please tune in. We're going to be discussing all things of the past 20 years of the Xbox. You've got no Xbox fans. <laughs> You've got no show. I hope we've got quite a few Xbox we fans. Have. November 25th, the week after, we've got our awards show. The Ponces. <laughs> Did I agree this? Yes, you did. You greenlit this. Oh, God. This oh, is our awards show. We're going to be actually doing game awards and also community awards. I so we're going to be asking for some votes for that busy one. Busy day on the estate, the day I greenlit an award called the Ponce. The Ponces. The Ponces. Yeah. Okay. We're going to be dishing out, like, best discorder. Best comment of the year. Wow. 
just little things for the community. And also we'll be See looking... See clearing some space under the tree. That's got to be mine. Calm down, pal. It's not about how much you write. It's about the quality. Although yours are normally good. It's true. Uh, yeah, we'll be doing like some awards for our favourite games of the year. Mm-hmm. And also asking for yours. So that'll be a bit of a community-led um, feature, that one. The week after Best that... Best Italian in the Discord? Oh, don't go there. Best best Italian impression. For sure, I must win. A one horse race. That's an easy one for me. I might work on mine and then bring it in and steal this. Get my little gold. It's not you. It's our listener by the pinkster out there. Oh, okay. All right. right. Recorded. December 2nd, Retro Reborn. We're going to be looking at some of the best retro games that have been reborn oh, under a new skin. Your ear? Is that like a tip to me? Is that like, nope. this is code no, no. for like, Retro no. Reborn means what? No. Okay. Yeah, Retro Reborn, we're looking at titles like Streets Rage 4, Alex Kidd, stuff that's been given a new lease of life and a new audience, and we might be looking at some up-and-coming ones, maybe Turtles, Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Uh, and we'll be asking if you've played any. Uh I'll be wanting a few comments probably for that week. After that, a little bit more serious journalistic stuff, the Chinese Invasion, December 9th. We're going to be looking at... All the Mahjong games? Well, yeah, basically the, the Chinese market's getting pretty impressive at the minute. The the developers over there are doing some interesting stuff. Also, we'll look at... That is a big market over there. So Mahjong. <laughs> Oh, you mean the general size of the Japanese the, 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 market? The, the market is the massive, yes. Is pretty yes. Big. Yeah, I'll give you that. December 16th, we're looking at online subscriptions. The best value, pricing and perks, and looking at the best ones for you. And also, it's difficult because you don't ever own anything when you do subscriptions. I start Physical-wise. I'm starting to feel like... We're the dinosaurs. No one else cares. You're right, yeah. So we'll be getting opinions of both the young and yeah, old on that. Xbox games care. What will games pass value? And we're still, I'm still <laughs> buying up PS5 games. At £70, pound, yeah. I'm not bothered. Okay. And then finally, on Wednesday the 22nd... I am bothered. We're going to have our Christmas show. We've got a couple of ideas cooking for that, so be sure to tune in. We have. Yeah, I'm excited by that. Next week's episode... He walks in the air. Won't be getting... Spoilers. Won't be getting recorded this Thursday. It'll need to be getting recorded this week. Sunday. Okay. Stay with us. We'll be right back. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Make a note in your diary. They can't not have a show. So even if it's a one-man show from the... What have I got to serve up on my one-man show next week? What's the first one? What's next week's episode? Xbox feature. Is the 20-year anniversary. Oh, well, we'll 
<clears throat> we'll do our very best. Listen, with all that opinion, take on the news, all that sort of jazz that we've probably missed, and let's face it, we did. Yes. How would the collective masses interact with us and let us know that um, I'm not safe to be on a microphone <laughs> and you needed promotion and a pay rise? Well, you can always let us know about that. You can reach us on email at questions at unofficialcontrollerpodcast.com. Do it. You can direct messages on Instagram or Twitter. Do Probably it. Probably Instagram's better. D- yeah. Uh, and also join the Discord chat. Definitely do it. So four options there of getting in touch with us. I'll be. Uh, we'd really appreciate likes, reviews, all that usual stuff. Uh, we're grateful for anyone who listens and contributes. So please... Keep it up. Um, and now- I think the action this week, if you're going to go do something for the show, your favourite show, the show that you love, the show that lifts you, let's say you're listening in somewhere, I don't know, South Africa, and you're driving around in your car and you're like, oh, do you know what? I love this show. It's free and that's really wonderful of them. And, you know, I always find out something. What can I do for them? Listen, no pressure. You don't need to join the Discord. You don't need to comment. Just keep enjoying the content. But if you could take some time... Go to iTunes, leave a review, or even just click on five stars. It takes you 30 seconds. It makes a massive difference to us and the show's findability. And that is probably all we ask. Yeah. You do something free for us, and we'll do something free for you. To be honest, one would imagine that's a great trade. It is a great trade. I give you nothing, and you give me something. Deal. Games of a generation, Tom. I'm excited by this. We've still got a couple of consoles to cover off, but to be fair, we need to spread that content out. Yeah, we do. It's no lie that we we put out a show every week and sometimes we have to spend time thinking about what we're going to do and what we're going to cover. So uh, we came up with the idea of Games of a Generation. We're no, gonna... You came up with that idea and you must be okay. applauded for it. Okay. Because it's a good one. Well, it might be... A... A, a steaming steam deck pile of steam water. It'll be as popular as a dog poo in a rather unusual... If point, a, ever, ever this rather... episode becomes used in a drinking game, it'll just be, any time we mention the word steam, take a drink. That news section would have been carnage. Would be no one would make it to the feature. No, exactly. And for that reason, we probably ought to serve it up to them before they get any drunker. We do. Uh, so, games of generation. You must be applauded for a great idea. We're going to pick some landmark title over the uh, landmark titles over the course of series three, uh, and we're going to use those to focus in on some standout games. This week, it's Grand Theft Auto Three, and we're going to get into the content at the end. We're going to talk about our own experiences with the game. Uh, first of all, Tom's going to kick us off. Okay, Grand Theft Auto 3. In autumn 2001, the world was still in shock following the events of 9-11. Simple date forever etched in our memories. Sure, most of you can remember where you were, what you were doing on that date, but there is another date, a little over a month later, that many video game fans will remember forever. The 22nd of October saw the US launch of Grand Theft Auto 3 exclusively on the PlayStation 2. It would launch in the UK and Europe a few days later. It would also go on to appear on PC... On May 2002, and the original Xbox in 2004. GTA 3 was conceived in 1998 by DMA Designs, which we now know as Rockstar North. 
Rockstar were acting as publisher, but it was the small Edinburgh-based developer that got things off the ground. DMA had begun the GTA series in 1997 with Grand Theft Auto, which went on to have two expansions, set in London, and also spawned a sequel. The console world was changing at the time, though, and 3D games had really come into their own. With the PlayStation 2 selling extremely well and allowing developers more freedom than ever in terms of scale and scope, DMA knew what platform they wanted to work on next. Do you know, I know we're going to talk about it at the end, but... Yeah, we can intersect some stuff now, that's fine. I was going to say, 9-11 and this game are so synonymously linked for me because we've talked about this before. I was in the Navy previously, and during 9-11, I was in the Navy. And we kind of got locked down on this base, and things were still a little bit up in the air, and... I remember one lad used to be able to get things, classic UK forces. In America, you get things discounted. In in the UK, if you buy things through the forces, <laughs> they cost you more than they would if you were <laughs> But they'll do you yeah. a layaway scheme and yeah. take you straight out of your wages, so no bother here, pal. And he had been down to whatever it was. It was called Jack Burks or something daft like that. Yeah. He got himself a PlayStation 3. Two. A PlayStation 2, sorry. Yeah. And it was October because I remember it being this time of year yeah. with the dark in the sky and obviously 9-11 had passed. But but we were still all kind of locked down. We couldn't go anywhere. And um, I walked by, I remember walking by because it was all open areas. There was no privacy or anything like that. And it was just one big long corridor with beds either side. Yeah. And I walked past, past this one lad that I'd known for quite some time. And I saw this game. Obviously, as you know, I've always been interested in games. First of all, I just thought, you know, you'd been playing Red Faction maybe a week before. You know? Okay, yeah. So that was like what I'd seen on there before, and I'd mm-hmm. had a Dreamcast, and Red Faction was kind of like Dreamcast equality. So yeah. All like, oh, that PS2 and really doing a lot. <laughs> I mean, come on. And then I, you know, this next time I looked, and there it was. And to be honest with you, that whole period of time is so linked to that game. And every time I play it, I'm transported back there. and. I know when we we've that's what we're saying about games of a generation is that they, they transport you back because of the memories so strong and just the they games, were so groundbreaking when they yeah, came out. So in like first of all, when you see GTA three, even at the time of its launch, you were never like graphically that's amazing. It yeah. was always kind of just below jaw dropping, mm. but everything it did. I know people play it now and they're like, oh well, yeah, but you know the rain stopped as you went under a bridge. Yeah. You know, people put umbrellas up. You know, the the world felt, it feels very empty now, but the world at the time felt so real. There were all these different businesses, the laundry vans, everything sort of, as yeah. I was watching him play it and unfold, I was like, this is like... There was like a life going on in really that city. It really felt like that city was alive yeah. and people were doing things. And I know we kind of build these things up in our mind, but at the time it genuinely felt like you could follow a pedestrian back to their house. Yeah. You know, that's how big, a, that's how this game felt. Mm. And I played games like Shenmue and then this dropped yeah. and it just felt like on a whole other level. Yeah. It's probably not as detailed or as deep, but he's certainly at the time, probably like Grand Theft Auto Five now, if you'd never seen a game before yeah. and you saw that. But yeah, so um, it's cool that you brought that up and framed it in that way because for me, they're, they're, they're literally just so joined. Close my eyes and I'm in that place. Absolutely. I mean, we'll we'll get to some more sort of nine uh, eleven points later on, but uh, first to Sam Hauser, who uh, co-founder or half of the co-founder of Rockstar, 
He gave a very rare interview because he's a, a bit of an elusive guy mm-hmm. in terms of uh, speaking to the, the press or the gaming media. Uh, this was in 2001, and he spoke to IGN. He listed working with a lot of other people outside of the gaming industry, such as film develop, uh, film directors, music producers, uh, to really help get the tone and style of the game just right. Thinking back to GTA 3, it definitely had that gritty adult tone to it, and it really nailed that New York vibe in everything but its name. It was a far cry from its original colourful, more cartoony graphic style, though which can be seen in beta stage development screenshots online. That's interesting. Have you ever seen those? Uh, no, I haven't. I'll tell you what it looks like, because when I was sort of doing a bit of research for this, it looks like the, re- the, the, the new Definitive Edition a little bit. Oh, right. So the, they're a little bit more, a lot brighter. It hasn't got like that 2001 movie colour tone to it, which was in a lot of films at the when, time. When can we talk about the remaster? I think we'll talk about it towards the end. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just highlighting the fact that if you if you go look at those screenshots, they, they definitely have that look of of the new style of especially the characters. Until and, even in GTA Four and, and still in elements in GTA Five, they kind of got this hard edged, almost cell shaded style look. Not yeah. necessarily now so much, but definitely at the time to the characters that just kind of lended it this Rockstar Universe believability. Yeah. Those pen lines also extended a little bit to Bully, I thought. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you can see them maybe just sort of hints of that style in Red Dead Redemption 1. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, so alongside this gritty realistic look of the game, a groundbreak- uh, groundbreaking data streaming system was used, which allowed the game to quickly retrieve information from the PS2 disc. This was noticeable when transferring straight into a vehicle after being on foot. It's completely seamless, where many other games around that time would have really struggled to do this all in one process. That is true. Driver being an example, I remember playing that with a friend on a demo disc, and I was like, this is really cool. Like We were like pretending we were like on the run from the police. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad man. <laughs> um, and uh, like... You, you look now and think there's no way that I'd have been able to handle a character getting out the vehicle, moving around, shooting at enemies, getting back in the same vehicle. And this was all da- uh, down to that um, data streaming system that they used. And that was all done without pop-up as well. So Absolutely, know. yeah. Uh, well, the story puts us in the shoes of Claude, the silent protagonist, freshly sprung at the start of the game from a police convoy. Claude never had a deal of backstory in GTA 3, but over the years he's been more fleshed. He's has been more fleshed out and had a cameo in Grand Theft Auto San Andreas where he had a run-in with the game's protagonist, Carl C.J. Johnson. If, if memory serves, isn't he the girlfriend of, like, the boyfriend of that really annoying woman? Yeah, they have a bit of a... Yeah, they have a... Yeah, and I think that's how it pans out, that he flees to um, to Liberty City and obviously... Because San An is set before... Uh, GTA 3 in, in the timeline. Of course. Um, so, yeah, that's how he ends up apparently in uh, in uh, Liberty City of GTA 3. Wow. Uh, throughout GTA 3, Claude meets numerous side characters, such as his fiery girlfriend, Catalina, who we just mentioned there, who eventually turns on him. Spoilers for a 20-year-old game. <laughs> Explosives expert 8-Ball. I always remember his missions quite well. Um, yeah. I remember him being in the manual um, Which is the one that gives you a god awful remote control? I think it's him because there's a remote control bomb car. 
Um, the God RC forbid, car. What players make yeah. the remastered trilogies eight, yeah. eight ball levels? Uh, Tony Cipriani, voiced by the awesome Michael Masden, uh, often seen in many uh, Quentin Tarantino films. Italian Mafia representatives Joey and Salvatore Don Leone. Uh, these characters would uh, would offer clawed lines of work in forms of side missions and also some of them driving the main narrative along. Uh, one interesting sounding character, though, that was eventually cut from the finished game was the Street Brum, uh, Street Bum, Darkel. Street Brum is like Street Bum, yeah, Birmingham. <laughs> man. Uh, yeah, the Street Bum, Darkel. Darkel would have been a, another major supporting character for Claude to receive missions from. He even features in the game's original manuals credit page. Really, he does. Well, yeah, look at that. Yeah, many reasons have been listed why he was removed from the finished product. Rockstar themselves said simply just didn't fit the tone of the game. But some insider information later shared has said that it was removed due to the 9-11 terror attacks because one mission, uh, Dark L has to play with blowing up a school bus. Pretty brutal. Mm. So we understand why Rockstar may have cut this due to world events at that time. Another now notorious bit of cut, ten, cut content was, of course, the dodo plane named after the extinct non-flying bird. The dodo plane could be glided with a bit of skill but was never fully fledged due to the developers not wanting to Game us to recreate the nine eleven terror attacks. I wonder if they'll put the dodo back in. Yeah, the dodo, the standing joke now three, and that's it. Because yeah, you can't the, really do a lot with it, can you? I remember um, when you first find it. And, oh wow! You, yeah, you thought. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Wright brothers' first flight through. Yeah. But you um, felt like. The thing is, it felt really cool, even though it couldn't fly and all that yeah. probably originally could in the code. I think it just set the brain going of, like, one day, one day we exactly are going to be able that. to fly in a Grand Theft Auto exactly game. Exactly that. So in, in terms of flying a plane, obviously uh, Vice City had helicopters. Um, but, yeah, it wasn't until San An that we got the fully-fledged um, sort of Harrier jet and various other um, aircraft. Along with the wealth of side characters within this fascinating world came a fantastic selection of vehicles and weapons, from standard four-door saloons through to the fan-favourite Dodge Viper rip-off, the Banshee. The game gave us some truly memorable vehicles, but the Holy Grail for many came once you achieved the six-star wanted level and the army was sent in to stop your heinous crimes. This was where players could steal the army's rhino tank and literally wreak havoc upon Liberty City. Grand Theft Auto 3 would go on to be the best-selling video game of 2001 and has since racked up 30 million sales worldwide. It went on to spawn two other entries in the PS2 era, the 80s set Vice City and the 90s set San Andreas, but it's GTA 3 that will go down as the one that started it all and changed the open-world crime game genre forever. If you've never played it, there isn't a better time to start now as the upcoming Grand Theft Auto trilogy launches this week, which includes GTA 3, Vice City... San Andreas. I've told you and everyone that could be even remotely interested in my story about how I got my first experience of GTA 3. Tell me about your first experience of GTA 3. Mine takes me back to a time when I'd not long learned to drive and we were working on the family farm, me and cousin Matthew. Not legally drive? I was, I was, yeah, I was past. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I passed not long before my birthday. So, yeah, um, we're working for on the family farm. It was getting a little late, and we're like, we could probably make it to Electronics Boutique 
which was situated in Debenhams in Lincoln, if you remember. I do. So in fact, we, I do believe Tingleton uh, used to work in there. Oh, very good. So we we piled into this Renault Clio, me, Cousin Matthew, and Brother Joseph, piled in. Oh, my God. They let you take Brother Yeah, he'd come along for the ride. And nice. we we got in this Clio and set off to Lincoln. It was getting pretty dark at that point already, and it was foggy, like real foggy. Ended up getting to Electronics Boutique in Lincoln. We walked in. We've got cash on the hit. We just want to get some games for the PlayStation 2. They also had Time Crisis 2 with the G-Con 2. Is this in 2001? Yep. Wow. So we picked that up. You're older than you look. Yeah. I didn't know you could drive in 2001. Yeah. Unbelievable. I I didn't take too long to pass because we used to get a lot of practice just driving around the farm. Um, Anyway... Picked up the Time Crisis 2, G-Con 2, light gun, got that, and we're walking. We also got a copy of WWF Just Bring It. We came back with three games, and the third game... Who was putting down all the boomer? I think I had birthday money galore. It was Cousin Matthew had a PS2 as well. Yeah, I think he got GTA 3, and then I got GTA 3, Time Crisis 2, and WWF... This is birthday money, so I must have definitely picked it up in November. So I didn't get it at launch. Anyway, the third game we looked at was GTA 3, and we're like, oh, we'll play GTA 1 and 2 on the... I wonder what this like. Oh, it's 3D, look at that. That looks pretty good. Mm. Took it home thinking that would be the one we'd probably least play, but we, we got it anyway. The journey back was a bit eventful for a young driver coming out of Lincoln. Took the wrong turning, got very, very lost, hit the curb, knocked a knocked the um, wheel trim off the car. Eventually, listen to this show for a long time. Names you don't drive vehicles and built up areas well. At that age, I've since improved a great deal. Slightly, slightly. <laughs> still like go, Hans Molman in The Simpsons. Still go white as a sheet. <laughs> and perspire like you've just been out of the shower as soon as you got the city. Limits. I'm not used to driving around a city. No, I'm, I'm used to driving around tracks. So you got this home after this scary event. Then what happened? Just put it in, and obviously no downloading back then. We could just boom that one in. Yeah, let's try that. That's great. Boom, put that one in. Got to GTA Three, and we we're just like blown away. The original breakout from the police convoy, <clears throat> and then. That time where it transitions into you just free to kind of drive around. Obviously, parts of the island are locked off from memory. That's what I was going to say. Like, at the time, I did feel a bit, like, gimped because, like, I knew in my mind that there was a video game reason why all the bridges weren't open. But mm. normally the video game reason was collect six bouncy bounces and yeah. unlock this thing, like Donkey Kong 64. I think it was done, I think it was done well in the fact that they... They have the blow up of the bridge included in the yeah. opening cinematic. And then so the radio that plays yeah. for different reasons why. Yeah, it, it just made it f- added to the realism, even though yeah. it was probably hiding the fact that we don't want to give you all the whole island straight away. Exactly. Which I actually think, admittedly, on GTA Five now you you could have just gone anywhere. I actually think it works better giving it just drip feeding it a little bit. Um, I think that game was so new 
and the things they're asking you to do. Like, everyone knows what to do with GTA now. Like yeah. Everybody knows it's a gaming yeah. convention. Yeah. Like even kids who never even played 3 have played the living wheels off these games. Yeah. In later, you know, uh, versions. But at the time, although it was using the controls technically from the 2D versions, it was still a hell of a new experience. And what they were asking of you was so more than you'd done in a game before. Yeah. It needed to be gently, gently. I think San Andreas does it really well as also because those moments you go to the new areas are done through narrative uh, story Mate, to be intentions of... And they make an event out Show of going... Show me a Rockstar game, actually, in retrospect, that's still not giving you tutorial. Like Red Dead Redemption <laughs> 2, honestly, 12 hours in. Here's how you use a Molotov cocktail. Yeah. Oh, okay. Crazy, crazy isn't it? Yeah. I mean, G- uh, sorry, speaking of Red Dead Redemption 2, that kind of does the transition to the different areas. That's why I never try and explore the map. Like, there's players who get in those games and just go, I want to see all of that straight away. Yeah. I like to explore it through the story and the way it's intended, even though they're like, yeah, we're going to get out of here, going to travel for ages and going to go down camp in theory. You're only traveling 10 minutes on the map mm. uh, to a new area, but it's just the way they do it um, really suits what they're trying to do with the story. So I, I love GTA 3. Um, I've just a little nugget from me yeah did you know gta 3's actually got you know you can change your different camera angles you can do the top down GTA traditional view down. i meant to include that apologies and, uh, I, uh, and it genuinely looks like a 2d top down game yeah it does yeah it um, reminds me most of uh grand theft auto chinatown wars or yes yeah yeah version but yeah it, it did remind me with the way the light effects played off the ground Obviously, it's not done. If it had been a 2D game on the PS2, it would have been amazing, but it's yeah. used a 3D engine and flipped the camera to mm-hmm. the rooftop. But some of the lighting effects reminded me of that PS1 game Loaded. Yeah. They were really good for the mm. time, and seeing that in a in that world lifted, get depth to it. Yeah, um, absolutely. I think another memory for me playing that game was we played it at Christmas, um, and we were just trying to see who could get the wanted level right up and survive for as long as possible. Um, probably used a load of cheat codes as well. But I think by that point we'd finished the Because the, the main story isn't actually that long. No. Um, I was quite surprised when I've uh, been watching some playthrough, just doing sort of research and looking back at them, playthroughs of each game. And as those games went on from GTA 3, uh, Vice City and San An, GTA 3 is probably seven hours, Vice City 10, and then San An 12. Like they're not particularly long games. It's the amount of extra stuff you could do that makes well, remember, them quite um, long games. I don't think it was you. I think it was uh, Cousin Matthew. I remember, Is it seagulls in that game? To kill seagulls or pigeons? Uh, yes, I think it's either seagulls or pigeons. It's pigeons definitely in GTA 4 because... Honestly, I had one glitch down the side of a bridge, and I it was I I was hundred percent nearly complete on the achievements. No, and eventually I could hear it, and I was in this area. It's like it's glitched. I, I just I think I will never be able to get this achievement. I looked down, and it was like glitched at the bottom of a bridge. Shot it, got the achievement. Wow. Yeah. And he, there was like hidden parcels as well, or secret jumps. And he was off the yeah. wall, and I was like, man, I don't know if I'd have the patience for this. He Bobby would Bobby would game. do that. Bobby was oh, a man Bobby of commitment. Would, Bobby yeah. 
Cousin Matthew surprised me because he was all in on the jumps. And, uh, <laughs> that was another thing, like the the way they built that uh, Liberty City world is, is just finding the random jumps. The Banshee was great for doing that because you could get the speed up real quick. Yeah. Uh, or Also, little trick you could do with the Rhino tank, turn the turret the other way around and fire it so it boosted oh, it you along. You yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. I just have a real strong memory of us like, on top of this car park, just sniping people and then using the rocket launcher and just getting the army to come and we were just having a great time. So, yeah, good times. Beautiful. Well, yeah. if you've enjoyed uh, our talk through of Games of a Generation, this time it was the first episode and it was Grand Theft Auto 3, please pop in the Discord and obviously with the newly announced remaster launching this weekend digitally, um, share your thoughts, share those memories Get in there and let us know, discuss between yourselves all the beautiful things that you remember from Grand Theft Auto 3. Any facts we've missed, let us know. And we'll put them I'm in the I'm sure there's many. After the news, we'll do yeah. some corrections and we can put it all right there on air and own our shame. Um, which seems awfully fun, doesn't it? So we, we can't <laughs> wait to see you uh, sounding off in the Discord about your GTA memories. And hopefully we've stirred a little bit of emotion and a, a nostalgic tear in your eye. I'm ready for the release of GTA Remastered. Now, before we move on to the Mighty Stingray, we said we'd talk about this loosely. Now, I think it looks fine. People, I think, get a little bit confused about what a game used to look like nearly 20 years ago and what in their memory it likes. As I said to you off air, if if I've never played Ocarina of Time again and someone stopped me in the street, I would swear blind (laughs) I had 4K photorealistic textures. But I know if I went back to it now, it'd be a stretched texture mess. Yeah. Now, I've played the GTAs. I play them regularly if I go away somewhere and I'm taking the PS2, which is a console I quite like to travel with, and I will play those games. Now, I know that they have graphically don't look great, mm. but the gameplay's still there and all that. Now, I think what they've done with them so far, now there are some caveats, uh, they look great. My caveat number one is removing the fog, which seems like a terribly good idea, in San An, when you get to a certain altitude and you see the map laid out in front of you like something from Pilot Wings. Yeah. That, because the map in that game felt massive. You turn the foot up in the air and you can see from one end to the other. Yeah. And then the twisty road scenario starts to play out like, ah, that's how they make it big. Yeah. That's how they make it big. So I think that's a slight shame. But same, similarly so, with the fog all removed in a nighttime scene in the, in the main city, the LA version, Los Santos, it looked great because you could see mm. the buildings of lights miles away and it added texture. I think they could get away with just putting that in and just adding it as like LA smog. And I think also... That's how it was in the first one. Wait, wait, yeah, when you when you go down that alleyway as CJ and you get on the BMX and you just you bike round into that corner, it's just like, boof. It's literally like, it's almost got a 90s filter on it as well mm. or an LA filter. That's one thing I noticed. Of, they've done side-by-sides of the PS2 yeah. version versus this. And the PS2 one had a really harsh orange light to it. Yeah. And the sun was like way dirtier. And you're yeah. Right, it had like a grey. I'm worried that with the new ones, they look a little bit too clean and polished. And really, I think they look quite good. I don't know where I'd pay the money they're asking for it, although you are getting some very big content games. There's a lot of stuff there to play through. If you haven't played them, if you never oh, definitely. If you've not played them, if you've never go played play them, them before, you're going to have a fun time with them. Take a break from GTA 5 online yeah. and give this a go. You, you know the history. who 
fan base I think this is really well suited to is the Switch owners. They haven't got any GTA games, as far as I'm aware, and now you've got three of the greatest on all in one well, package. They, they've had sort of tributes. They've had games that are similar. Yeah, yeah, but, but in terms of that. like those those three originals, um, to have those in handheld in, in quite a good looking way like they haven't got some of the bells and whistles of the um the next gen sadly some soundtracks in this yeah that's that's uh all over for all versions um they've said the soundtracks are the same as the 2010 releases which has seen um, like some big scythe cuts yeah it's a shame what with the size of rockstar and everything they are now with people literally begging them to put their songs in their games yeah you be surprised that it wasn't an easy renegotiation. Yeah, with the with the wealth they've got, and like it's going to draw a whole new audience to potentially to that person's like one music. Of the, some, one of the artists that was cut from Vice City was Michael Jackson, and people were like, oh well, that game opens with like Smooth Criminal, and that's a big shame. Or Billy Jean, Billy Jean, yeah, Billy Jean. Oh, that's a big shame. Like, yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. But in this world that we live in. If Rockstar had put Michael Jackson in the game, would they have got lambasted on social media? Probably. Oh, no doubt, yeah. So what what do you do? Um, apparently they've added tracks to replace it, haven't they? Different different music from that era. That's what Is I've that heard. Right? Oh, that's not what yeah. I've heard. I've just said and apparently the the uh, radio wheel is now the same as GTA 5, so it's a lot easier to navigate rather than go flick all the way through. So that's a nice little... There's some nice uh, um, quality of life. Quality, that's the word I was looking yeah. for. Quality of life improvements. Well, to, I think um, they've also improved the driving controls because I think yeah. I would struggle on a modern pad to be driving with the face buttons. <clears throat> mm. Well, a lot of fans are saying in, in terms of you just mentioning controls there is uh, if GTA 4 gets a rumoured remaster next year, they want the physics out of that game to be kept because a lot of people like the physics of GTA 4 compared to 5, the way the vehicles feel and move and the way, like, it's quite ragdoll with the characters, but it allows for some funny... the characters are in the bad situation, it looks a bit ragdoll, but to be honest, it does add some believability to certain situations. The fact that you can grip on, I know it looks a bit gang beasts nowadays, but the fact that you can grip on a ledge as you're <laughs> yeah. falling is amazing. The fact they can grip onto you as they fall is also amazing. Grand Theft Auto 4, I will die on a hill for. That's the best one every single time. The cars had weight and they had yeah. the ability. Not everything was a rocket ship. Like, yeah, it did mean that lots of cars understeered, but lots of cars in real life understeer if you push them. I mean, I I love the scope of GTA 5 and the, the variation. 4, for me... Did you realise before as well that map was meant to be massive and there was going to be countryside? I did hear about. Yeah, that. this is this is a true like fact, and Long it was. Island, didn't they? It, yeah, it was originally cut, so I think that was a real shame because, for me, what's missing from GTA Four is a transition from city to to countryside, or at least like a rural area, um, which gives you a bit more freedom of driving the vehicles that. Like the airfield in GTA Five is one of the best places to take your cars, just to get the see what they can do, or the long highways. But yeah, um, I think we've covered about everything we can with GTA. Um, I think we have. Looking forward to the remasters. if you've not played them, go pick up the remasters. I think they're well and worth it. And if you've it. got a PS2 kicking around, or yeah, just get a copy of the game for yeah. probably a pound off your yeah. these days. If you want to pick up a mint one, you've got to try a bit harder for the maps and the books and mm. all that, but it's not an expensive game. That's one of the best things about this. 
these games did really well. Yeah. So that means they were published in massive quantities. Yeah. Therefore, they are really, really cheap. Yeah. So treat yourself. We said at the top of the show, he was off trying to hawk off those copies of PS2. It was full-price versions of the remastered trilogy. Incredibly naughty, but uh, maybe by the end of the week when he's failed, you might be able to get one for the price he paid for it. Yeah. He's also knocking out some uh, radio-controlled dodo planes, but selling them as if they fly. Perfect. I love the lore of that idea. Some people praise him, some people hate him. He wins with some, he loses with others. Brilliant, the dodo, great idea, Stingray. Where's my kids playing swings, Stingray? <laughs> Time for a peek in what we affectionately call Stingray's boot. is ripping up the drive right in front of our eyes. What's nestled between some counterfeit nappies and a dodgy copy of Battlefront all this week? These are the new release highlights for the week, November 8th to November 14th, 2021. Listeners, these are out on digital or physical or will be by the time this podcast will be, but could be independent. This first game I'm going to read out. Now, you might think it's a story about where paratroopers from World War II go to heaven. It's not. It's Airborne Kingdom, available on the PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox Series S, Xbox One and Switch, November 9th. Airborne Kingdom is actually a skitty... Skitty? Let's try a Sky City Builder. Grow your own unique town among the clouds and fly across an open world landscape. Explore the skies to restore serenity to the world below. I don't know. So I just thought I should mention this because I was talking, going out the law for a minute, breaking the illusion. Speaking to my mum and dad about Stingray earlier, the original OG Stingray from back in the day, the real man. Mm. So it turns out when he sort of went off radar, a lot of his old stock was bought by no none other than Uncle Guru. I thought that. Happened. <laughs> That's how I saw all those videos. Yeah. And the the higher shelf stuff was was apparently kept under a rug that he said he wants to have a look under the blanket. Instant right. <laughs> yeah. What we need to do is we need to get we need to get a recorded interview with Uncle Derek. Oh, we can have like eyewitness accounts about of... his memories of Stingray. Yeah, Just do it on the phone. Yeah, we'll do an episode around it. <laughs> I don't know we're going to string that out for an episode, but anyway, we, we yeah, well, we could also <laughs> also out November 9th, Football Manager twenty twenty two. That's coming to PC and also with a special edition version for the Xbox One which is also playable on the Xbox series of family of consoles. The closest thing to real football management. FM22 brings new progressive ways to find your winning edge, instill your footballing style, and earn it on the pitch. Nice. This next one's probably my mummy mummy. Yeah, the second one down's mine, but you'll have to read it. We're on 150 Zoom and you still can't see this script. Not very well. Unbelievable. Forza Horizon 5 is my mummy mummy. I'm going to be playing it with James, the work experience boy, over the weekend. It's coming out on PC, the Xbox series of consoles, and the Xbox One, November 9th. Your ultimate Horizon adventure awaits. Explore the vibrant and ever-evolving open-world landscapes of Mexico with limitless fun, driving action in hundreds of the world's greatest cars. Begin your holiday adventure today and add to your wish list. I got this. My pick of the week, Jurassic World Evolution 2, available on the PC, PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, and Xbox One. It's available ex- uh, on November 9th. 
Uh, Jurassic World Evolution 2 is a much-anticipated sequel to Frontier's highly successful Jurassic World Evolution 1. This bold new era in the Jurassic World Evolution games franchise builds upon the groundbreaking and immersive 2018 management simulation game. It looks real good. It does. The Dominion mode looks quite interesting. Where you... This would have been the sort of game one would put in a six-month feature of exciting games to look forward to. Well, yeah, it was. Um, I genuinely might pick that up over Christmas if I get Guardians finished, but uh, we'll see. Okay, I'm excited for you to start playing that. I might actually play uh, your your Christmas game from about three years ago. I might play Force uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, mate, it's great. You really want to play that? Yeah, yeah. Me me and James Work Experience Boy played it through to so far, and then his sort of attention span dwindled as other games on his horizon. Yeah, as it does sometimes. This is Rocket League. I'm not interested in this. (laughs) Uh, Saijin the Cyborg Ninja out on PC November 10th. Put your platforming skills to the test with your mouse in Saijin the Cyborg Ninja, a unique precision platformer featuring fast-paced gameplay and accelerated dashing action. Hmm. Beyond Blue, available on the Switch November 11th. Beyond Blue is a single-player narrative adventure that takes you deep into a planet's beating blue heart. Explore the awesome wonder and inbound mystery that exists with the world's ocean. I think that looks like an absolute belter. I do believe that's out of the formats, and it's finally made its way to the Switch. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's meant to be very cool. Epic Chef PC, PS4, Xbox Series, and a Switch on Xbox One. November 11th, get ready to embark on a culinary quest unlike any other as you take on the role of Zest in this story-driven adventure game. From humble beginnings, you will build a farm, grow delectable ingredients, craft machinery, and cook your way to becoming the most epic chef in Ambrosia. Actually, this is my mummy, mummy. We're having two this week. So I picked Forza Horizon 5, which is cool. Absolutely, it looks great. This. Uh, Are you going to get that on Work Experience Boys console? Forza Horizon? He's already playing it. Is he? I'm not playing it because I'm down here recording the show. Oh, of course, it's just York. free. It's just there. That is great. It is. Yeah, that, that looks a great game. And the one thing I'd say about Forza, obviously it's Microsoft title, so it will stay on there forever, which yeah. is a plus point. The ins and outs, well, it's a bit annoying. It's, yeah. it's cool, but it's a bit annoying. But in a way, if they keep those exclusives going on there, You've got a digital collection of mm. of note that you yeah. haven't had to actually pay for. So yeah. you know, couple that with the games of the, games of the month, games with gold. Yeah, you soon start to ratchet up quite a cool little collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grand Theft Auto: The Trilogy, the definitive edition, PC, PS5, the Xbox Series of consoles, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. It's also available on the uh, Motorola Razor. <laughs> <laughs> November 11th play the genre defining classics of the original GTA trilogy updated for a new generation now with across the board enhancements including brilliant new lighting and environmental upgrades high resolution textures increased draw distances GTA 5 style controls and targeting and much more Tom this next one I had to just make sure I hadn't been sipping on the blue milk <laughs> transpires I haven't the old version of Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic limps onto the Switch November the 11th I didn't think this would be even possible but apparently it is not because of the graphics, just because that new version is going to be re-released for for the PlayStation 5 as an exclusive to start with, which is timed, and then it will be on the Xbox series and all that other stuff. And Does that mean that version will never make it to the Switch, and that's why they're getting this version now? Mm. The version from 2004? Maybe. Amazing. Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic coming to Switch November the 11th. It's 4,000 years before the Galactic Empire and hundreds of Jedi Knights have fallen in battle against the ruthless Sith. You are the last 
hope of the Jedi Order? Can you master the awesome power of the Force on your quest to save the Republic? Or will you fall to the lure of the dark side? That is a great game. Before we let the mulleted one as I see him leave, I need to ask you what you're hoping to play. Ooh. Battlefield 2042, hopefully by maybe before recording next week. I don't know. Depends how that pans out. Uh, you have to work with me next week. I'm, I'm out. I'm out. That's okay. We can. Uh, I can think of something, or what we can. We'll make it work. We always do. I could upload a picture of me and you that I've done with crayons to Discord, and we could call that episode 124, <laughs> and that can be like a bit of an in joke. Yeah, I don't see that going down too well. No, I don't see that going down. We need to keep this new series. Series 3 is building to to the highest levels we've ever reached. I hope so, yeah. Well? We we tried the video. I think we realised we're best suited to audio. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I think the video things, I still think... They're a bit of fun. Four years, not going to hurt us. But... Uh, yeah. We feel that when we do film or video, we need a reason to do film or video. Yeah. Speaking between them. And also it's trying to get the quality to a level where we look at a lot of um, other people who are doing stuff similar to ours. And, yeah, it's, it's hard to compete when you've not got the budget to to get the... Yeah, I also think that if you're going to do film, if you're an audio podcast and you're going to do a video version of it, 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 that's got to be a strong reason to make do it, it make it? it a pay-per-view you know not as in you give us money but we work our backsides off to make yeah. it super special for you and yeah. if we only do four of those a year we can do that we kind of bimbled into the inevitable halloween special we should have had costumes we should have done more <laughs> of the set we should have done more of the script we should have done more yeah of the i think considering we're both working is it's difficult sometimes but we've we're uh, our own harshest critics yeah as long as you guys enjoy and carry on listening we'll keep on doing it um so yeah Thank you for listening. Messages in, and we're like, "Do we carry on? (laughs) We'll carry on. They want, they can't have enough of us." Anyway, (laughs) so you want me to play a bit of Battlefield 2042? Yeah, maybe a bit of of Death Stranding. Oh, I'm going to pick up um, at Death's Door that little indie isometric. It was on Xbox for a while. Um, It's coming to PS5, so I'm going to pick that up. Need to pick up that Pixel, that holiday Pixel game. Oh, the Taurus. Yeah, cause it's yeah. Like, I think you'd quite like that. It's pretty yeah. cool, chill that game. I've had my eye on it for a while. Buy it with a Switch OLED. Switch is good for indie games, to be honest. It's got a strong selection. Oh, wait. Did we pick a VHS? We haven't. We better serve them up that. <sighs> Maeve, put me on the spot. What am I going to pick? I've been watching some of this week that I was going to pick as well. Can't remember what it is. Can't be very good. I'm going to pick. <laughs> I'm going to pick Cool Runnings. Oh, John Candy Classic. Mm. Well, I'll go with Uncle Book. There you go. Perfect. <laughs> you can go now. Pop, smoke, rattle, and wall. The show's completely upside down. They're in a box together because he, he he makes a cardboard box and makes out they're a legit sort of duo bundle. Yeah, two for one. Two for one on the ones you can't. Candy Crush. Away. Candy Crush selection. The Candy Crush <laughs> Mum picked something he's going to teach her how to play that new yeah. mobile game. Not a chance. Um, I'd say that's it. So I'd say that's all we have time for this week. Listeners, always thank you for your time. I look forward to the pleasure of speaking to you again next week. Until then, happy gaming. And remember, absolutely nothing wrong with being given the unofficial controller. It's what you do with it that counts. See you, Tom. See ya.